Join us in our living room. Oh, I was going to say, we're going to have a campfire sing-along now. A few months ago, I had the opportunity to attend a conference at UCLA where U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy spoke, and he offered his opinion and his analysis of what has been occurring in the nation over the past year. And his analysis speaks to what many of us have heard, that right now we are experiencing what's known as the epidemic of loneliness. And as more and more people choose to retreat, isolate, and if you will, stay at home, because of those actions, the statistics involving the levels of anxiety and depression, they are skyrocketing. But what I found fascinating is that in that talk, and later if you I hope if you haven't already read it, go at home and go online to look at his advisory. He speaks about the antidote. He speaks about the solutions to what we're experiencing, this epidemic of loneliness. And he calls the solution creating a culture of connection, a culture of connection in which he says we must foster environments of respect, of kindness, places where we're willing to see and hear each other. And in that advisory, he lists several solutions and he explains that there are places already around the country who are trying to do exactly this, foster this culture of connection. And at the top of the list, I was astounded. The top of the list, where are we supposed to experience a culture of connection? I mostly heard <laughs> in houses of worship, in synagogues. And while at first when I read this, okay, fantastic, we're listed at the top of the, the list of solutions, right after that, he explains that since 2020, only 47% of all Americans belong to an institution of faith, belong to a house of worship. And by the way, that may be a generous statistic. So in response to that statistic, the fact that less than half of Americans are joining institutions of faith, Rabbi Sherman and I decided to co-author an op-ed that was published this week in the LA Times, speaking to the fact that we must be part of the solution, meaning synagogues must be part of the solution and no longer part of the problem. And so what we want to speak about for a few moments uh, here on the second day of Rosh Hashanah is how your senior clergy team plans on doing just that, creating a culture of connection. So as I mentioned yesterday, the theme, if you haven't seen in the membership video or the emails that have gone out the last four weeks, one of those pillars is opening our doors to Jewish community. And again, we can say that, but it's more important to actually see what we do with that. We're going to start in the past, but go towards the future. If you have not experienced in the last 20 years or so the Ted and Hetty Orden and family Friday Night Live, you have missed something. People in their 20s and 30s that gather here on Shabbat, we have a big problem. The problem is when we host those Friday evenings, we have to kick people out because the security leaves at 11 p.m. We should always have that problem where young professionals want to gather and experience. Not only that, 
when Rabbi Guzik and I led our Sinai Temple family mission to Israel, there was a family who met at that Shabbat at the Orden Family Friday Night Live, and this year at the Kotel, we did their child's bar mitzvah. They live in New Jersey, and they're still connected to Sinai Temple because of those Shabbatot. If you are a young professional or a synagogue looking to create something about young professionals, you look to Sinai Temple based on the Orden Family Friday Night Live. But even though our numbers are growing, the larger we grow in numbers, the smaller we want to feel in intimacy. And so this year we're going to take the numbers that are amazing. I saw Brianna Benaren somewhere over here with her own child, Jagger, who used to lead our Atid group. We are going to now make it more intimate under the leadership of Rabbi Gavi Kornsgold. If you haven't met Rabbi Kornsgold, she's right behind us. And we're going to create intimate circles of young people who either are just engaged or have been married or are looking to find relationships and to have people study, to have people come together. Number two is an expansion of community, which hopefully you will experience on Wednesday, not here, but our house of worship will go towards the Santa Monica Beach. The new program that we will have is the Fight Family Sinai Live, which will bring our celebrations outside. Instead of just throwing bread into an ocean, we're going to do something different. We're going to strengthen our micro-communities, which are so strong at Sinai Temple, and we're going to bring them all together in an experience that we have never had before. You'll see different generations. You will see different parts of our community. One of my favorite things is when somebody, when I see somebody, I say, do you know this person? They say, no. Do you know this person? No. And they've both been at Sinai Temple for 50 years. We are in our own silos, and together, as a community, we're going to come together and make that community even stronger. So first of all, I want to give a public thank you to my co-senior rabbis here, Rabbi Eris Sherman and Rabbi Nicole Guzik, for inviting me to be part of this conversation. It's truly heartwarming to be, to be part of this, too. And I want to focus on, of course, music and how it all brings us together. I know it's shocking. I'm going to focus on music. Um, and I don't know if you've been to synagogue in the past few months, but things may have sounded a little bit different. We have had the pleasure of welcoming our new music director, Benjamin Fingerhut, who is sitting right behind. Benjamin, can you come out for a second and wave hi? He's going to come right out. And while he's coming out, it took him over a year to get all the visas taken care of and to get him here. Maybe he's uh, taking a break. That's okay. Um, and our vision was to make this room a welcoming home. And that's done so beautifully through the language of music. If you think about our own connection over here, our own tradition, our most holy text, the Torah, is not read, but it is sung. And also the music that we have is unique to all of our experiences. The music that you heard this morning, the music that you will hear on a Shabbat morning, it all gives the flavor of what makes a Jewish worship service unique. And even this morning, looking out on the congregation and seeing you all with your arms around each other singing Lador Vador, can you imagine just reading those words? It doesn't work that way. Our voices come together and truly make this a place. There's Mr. Benjamin Fingerhut. Thank you. So the, the music helped. There he goes. <laughs> Breaks over. <laughs> so music really has the power to transform what we do. So in terms of the musical vision, it's all about participation and looking for moments of engagement. 
We're now inviting our parents to be an intimate part of the B'nai Mitzvah service where before they would only just have an aliyah. We're inviting siblings, younger siblings of our B'nai Mitzvah to sing, to welcome them in our services. Our wonderful Sinai Temple Youth Choir augmented and expanded that we're here today. They're going to be here once a month. And we are also starting an adult volunteer choir. So I encourage you, if you like to sing, please reach out to me or Benjamin Fingerhut. And we have a lot of wonderful, positive musical futures for you. One of the doors that we are continuing to open here at Sinai Temple is opening doors to those in need. And we are so proud that in 2020, um, right in the height of COVID, we opened up and launched our Sinai Temple Mental Health Center, underwritten by Fred Rosen and Nadine Schiff Rosen Family Foundation. So imagine three years ago, it's hard to imagine that for three years, we have worked very hard to destigmatize conversations about mental health. This is under the direction of licensed uh, social worker Carolyn Hoffman, the director of our center. And we said to ourselves, what will happen over these beginning years? And we realized more and more how difficult it was to bring conversations of mental health here in a synagogue and to really shed those fossilized layers of stigma being willing to share all of our vulnerabilities and see each other face to face. And you know, it's easy, I shouldn't say it's easy, but we, it's often easier to admit what kinds of physical ailments we have, but when we are experiencing motion, uh, mental and emotional distress, that's a lot harder to admit. So now three years later, people are coming. She is meeting one-on-one -on -one with congregants every single day. And this year, we are expanding our center by increasing our professional staff so that we can meet one-on-one -on -one with parents who are facing postpartum depression, so that we can increase programming for our teens and tweens who are facing issues like bullying and the issues involved with social media. We're expanding our bereavement programs, which are uh, full, they're full. And to say that we're expanding, I'm very, very proud of. And we're also including social and emotional components to our B'nai Mitzvah program. Because what we found is that often our teens and tweens are coming up on the bima, and we're discussing the meaning of having a sacred occasion and having this milestone, but we're not speaking about the emotional stress that comes with standing on this bima <laughs> and what it means to read Torah for the first time and also what is going on in your own life that our clergy and our staff should be aware of. So that is one of the ways we're hoping to answer the problem of epidemic of loneliness by investing our resources in our mental health center to meet those challenges. But I just wanna add one other component to that. You may read over and over again about this culture of burnout, how staff all across the country, it's harder and harder to uh, hire people and people are leaving in different institutions um, really every few months because they're feeling this burnout of daily stress. And what we are being asked to do across the nation is invest in mental health for our staff. And so Carolyn Hoffman, our director, she opens up her doors, she opens up her office to any clergy member and to any staff member um, that is in need it's important for our, our congregation to be a place of open doors, both for our congregants and for those who work here every day. When we speak about the epidemic of loneliness, 
We also have to remember that the Jewish community should not feel lonely in itself and that we have unbelievable faith partners in our neighborhood. Often over the last few years, those faith partners have been communicated with or partnered only when we had times of trouble. 2020, COVID, this was empty. And where were we with some of you? We were at our friends at the Mormon church where we had a knock on the door and they opened up their baseball field. However, if we partner with our friends of faith in times not of need, but rather in times of desire, it can open up unbelievable lines of connection. Just last week, we did an unbelievable program with uh, SAA parents, Sabrina Naim, who is executive producer of a film called Refuge. And it was about a KKK person who transformed themselves by meeting a Kurdish Muslim. It was not just us who went to the Lemley Theater at Sinai to watch this film, but it was partnered with our friends at the Catholic Church of the Good Shepherd, with the Archdiocese, with the Muslim Coalition for America. And in that room, we looked very different, we theologically thought very different, but as the film said, I quote, it's hard to hate something that you know. And so to face this epidemic of loneliness, we also have to know the other. And that, not, that does not dilute who we are as Jews, but rather it strengthens who we are by going outside of our doors. So when we talk about opening our doors here, it's also walking into other doors and explain to them who we are so that in times of need, they can also come to us as well. We'll take questions later, maybe. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, another way that's, that's very important for, for us to feel the communal connection is through immersive experiences. And we are proud this year to relaunch a March of the Living trip. And this year we are focusing specifically on the music of Poland and how music helped shape, shape the life of the community that lived and thrived in Poland before the Second World War. So I cordially invite you to join me and our new music director, Benjamin Fingerhut, to spend Yom HaShoah, to spend Holocaust Remembrance Day in Poland with us. And then also continuing on to our hope and to our future, to spend Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaAtzma'ut Be'eretz Yisrael, Be'medinat Yisrael, in our homeland of Israel. Details to be coming, and I believe in the second week of October, we're going to have an informational session. So please, if you're interested, do not hesitate to reach out to us. Finally, I just want to speak for a moment. We've been speaking about different ways to immerse ourselves outside of these walls, and we want to speak about ways to immerse ourselves within. At Sinai Temple, we are transforming what we are calling our kehilat chesed, our community of kindness. Our community of kindness is really a cadre, a cohort of volunteers, Sinai Temple volunteers who come together and look at our community during our most pivotal moments. The birth of a child, the death of a loved one, trying to make a minion for Kaddish, bringing meals for those in need who are homebound, preparing the dead for burial, which is one of the holiest mitzvahs that you can do. And we are asking you, if we are going to open the doors of this synagogue and create a community, an environment of kindness, then we need you to be part of our community of kindness. November 15th, we're having an info night about ways that you can get involved. But this vision of open doors, it will remain shut 
unless each and every one of us looks at ourselves as if we are the ones to open the door. We need you to join us in our vision. And so really this was just a few highlights of the ways that we hope to transform this community into one of kindness, of goodness, of connection. And so on behalf of our clergy team, on behalf of this community, we wish you a Shana Tova, a year of good health, of joy, and of coming back over and over and over again. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Shana Tova.